We meet today in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 22. We're looking at the prophecy concerning the last day, the kingdom and the great tribulation. Isaiah chapters 2 all the way to chapter 5 constitute one complete prophecy. These chapters look beyond the present time to the last days concerning Israel, the total nation of the twelve tribes. As we move through these chapters, God makes it very clear that he is speaking of the tribes of Israel, which will be brought back together. God always thinks of Israel as one nation. The last days of Israel need to be distinguished from the last days of the church. God is not talking about the church in these chapters. There is no way of making what he says applicable to the church. We can be sure of this fact because in the New Testament, Paul says that the church was a mystery which was not revealed in the Old Testament at all. In writing to the Romans, Paul makes this very clear in Romans 16 verse 25. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. Now if Isaiah had known about the church, it would not have been a new revelation in post day. From post day, to the present time, the church has been God's agents through which he is giving his message to the world. However, the church will be removed from the world at the time of the rapture. Isaiah's message looks beyond the time of the church to the day when God will begin to move in a new way. We call it the Great Tribulation Period, at the close of which he will set up his kingdom. Preview of the future for Judah and Jerusalem The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem Isaiah 2 verse 1 The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw is referring to a vision of future events. When Isaiah speaks of Israel, Judah and Jerusalem, he means exactly these people and the places. Judah means Judah, Israel means Israel, and Jerusalem means Jerusalem. If Isaiah uses figures of speech, he will make it perfectly clear that they are figures of speech. The prophet will let you know when he is making a different application. Beware of the fallacy of spiritualizing prophecy in conformity to some outmoded theological cliché which fits into some church program. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Isaiah 2 verse 2 In the latter days is an expression which often refers to the messianic times that period which closes human history when the kingdom of God will be manifested and the Lord Jesus himself will rule the nations as well as the hearts and the minds of men. The mountain of the Lord's house is a reference to Mount Zion, not as a geographical location, but as the very center of God's government over the world. 
Zion at the end of the age will not be merely the center of Israel's national worship, but the very fountain of the spiritual life of the nations. Again, let me say that this is not speaking of the last days of the church. The last days of the church pertain to the time of spiritual apostasy. Paul makes this very clear in his pastoral epistles of First and Second Timothy. We read in First Timothy 4 verse 1, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith. You can see that the latter times of the church and the last days of Israel are not identical, nor are they contemporary, although there is some overlapping. Certainly they do not refer to the same period of time. It is important to note this. The last days in this verse refer to the great tribulation period. The Lord Jesus Christ made it very clear when his disciples asked him, When shall these things be? In Luke 21 verse 7, that was referring to the destruction of Jerusalem, that by the last days, he meant the great tribulation. The great tribulation ends with the coming of Christ to the earth and the setting up of his kingdom. The first section of Isaiah chapters 2 to 5 deals with the great tribulation period and the kingdom that shall be set up upon this earth. The mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains. Now this pertains to the nation of Israel after the church has been removed. The word mountain in scripture means a kingdom, an authority or a rule. Daniel makes this very clear in his prophecy. The Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. This is above all the kingdoms of this earth. The kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. One of the reasons that today Israel is such a hot spot and such a sensitive piece of real estate is because it is the very spot that God has chosen to be the political and religious center of the world during the kingdom age. Now, speaking of those days, Daniel says, in Daniel chapter 2 verse 35, Then the lion, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. You see, God's kingdom will be exalted above the kingdoms of this world. Isaiah 2 verse 3. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Now, the law here is not the ritual or ceremonial law, but God's design for righteousness. Both government and religion will center in Jerusalem, 
the Lord Jesus Christ will sit upon the throne of David. One of the primary concerns of those who inhabit the earth will be to discover and to do the will of God. They will seek to learn his ways and walk in his paths. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Isaiah 2 verse 4 Now this verse describes the effects of God's rule manifested on the earth. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. You see, in that period of the reign of Christ on the earth during the millennium is another trial period for many kind. And there will be a great many judged during that period. And of course, multitudes will be saved during the same time also. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into spruning hooks. Now the rule of the Lord upon the earth at this time will be righteous, and he will compel the nations to practice justice and fairness with each other. For the first time, all the countries will dwell together in peace. Only during the kingdom age will the people be able to beat their swords into plowshares. Joel 3 verse 10 tells us that during the tribulation, just the opposite will be true. The people will beat their plowshares into swords. In fact, we are living in times like that right now. There is so much building up of arms. The idea of disarming nations and disarming individuals is in my judgment actually contrary to the word of God. In the New Testament, the Lord Jesus said, when a strong man armed keeps his palace, Luke 11, verse 21. So if you are going to have peace and safety, you must have law and order. The prophecy of beating swords into plowshares will be fulfilled during the millennial kingdom. When the Lord Jesus Christ is reigning, then you will be able to take the locks off your doors and you will be able to walk the streets at night in safety. You will not be drafted because there will be no more war. There will be no more need for weapons of defense. The kingdom that the Lord is going to establish upon this earth will be one of peace. He is the Prince of Peace. It is futile and nonsensical and even asinine for any man or nation to promise to bring peace upon the earth. The United Nations, which was founded to help bring peace on earth, is one of the greatest places to carry on battles. The African Union it will not even give us any solution. It has proven how important the UN has been. It cannot bring peace on earth. That is also the same story for the African Union. It has only increased dictatorship on the earth, the UN, and so will the African Union. If you are a child of God, however, with your thinking cap and you begin to think God's thoughts after him, you will find that you are living in a big, bad, evil world. 
The only remedy for it is the change of hearts. If you expect to see a brotherhood of all men, you are doomed to disappointment because man is not capable of bringing peace to this earth. There will be no peace as long as there is sin in the hearts of men and an overweening ambition to rule over other people. Only when the king of kings is ruling shall we experience peace. Isaiah 2 verse 5 says, O house of Jacob, come and let us walk in the light of the Lord. In view of the future that is coming, certainly we should walk in the light of the Lord. This is the only way of peace. When you leave God out, you will never have peace. Here is Isaiah 2, verse 6 to verse 9. For you have forsaken your people, the house of Jacob, because they are filled with eastern ways. They are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they are pleased with the children of foreigners. Their land is also full of silver and gold, and there is no end to their treasures. Their land is also full of horses, and there is no end to their chariots. Their land is also full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. People bow down, and each man humbles himself. Therefore do not forgive them. You see, Judah adopted new ideas from the heathens and incorporated them into their own religion. They embraced all kinds of ways from Assyria and Babylon. Before long, they had joined the rest of the nations in worshipping the creature more than the creator. Next is Isaiah chapter 2, verse 10 to verse 12. Enter into the rock and hide in the dust from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty. The lofty looks of men shall be humbled. The haughtiness of men shall be bowed down, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall come upon every proud and lofty, upon everything lifted up, and it shall be brought low. My friend, God intends to break down the proud man, the man who thinks he can rule himself, and the man who thinks he can rule the world without God. He intends to bring them down, break them down. Upon all the cedars of Lebanon that are high and lifted up, and upon all the oaks of Bashan. Isaiah 2 verse 13. The cedars of Lebanon and the oaks of Bashan here represent, I believe, the pride of man. Upon all the high mountains and upon all the hills that are lifted up, Isaiah 2 verse 14. Now this has reference to government and society. Upon every high tower and upon every fortified wall. Isaiah 2 verse 15. This is a reference to the military which will also be judged. Upon all the ships of Tashish and upon all the beautiful slopes. By the way, commerce and Industry and art are also going to be judged, as verse 16 here suggests. The loftiness of men shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of men shall be brought low. 
The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. Isaiah 2 verse 17. In other words, God is going to put down all of the pride and the pomp of man. But the idols he shall utterly abolish. Isaiah 2 verse 18. God is going to get rid of all false religion. Isaiah 2 verse 19. They shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake the earth mightily. The book of Revelation repeats what men will do in the day of judgment. Revelation chapter 6 verse 15 to verse 16. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, Follow on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. All you see on television today has to do with political economy, government, commerce, art, the pomp and the pride of men, and the religion of men. My friend, the day is coming when all of men's pride is going to be brought low, and the Lord Jesus Christ will be exalted above everything. Today he is not being given his proper place in government, in society, in business, in art, and in the pomp and the ceremony of the world, or even in the religion of the world. He is left out. When he comes again, men are going to run for the caves of the earth. I don't know whether men were ever cavemen or not, but a day is coming in the future when men are going back to the caves. And they will go there because they have disobeyed. They have not tended to the Lord who is inviting them now when his grace is still abounding for anyone to receive it. In that day, a man will cast away his idol of silver and his idols of gold, which they made each for himself to worship, to the moles and bats to go into the clefts of the rocks and into the crags of the wrecked rocks from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake the earth mightily. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 20 and 21. You see, when the Lord shall arise to terrify the earth, men's civilization and proud achievements will become dust. In view of this, the prophet appeals to the house of Jacob to give up any trust in men and his devices. Sever yourself from such a man whose breath is in his nostrils, for of what account is he? Isaiah 2, verse 22. What a way to end this particular chapter. In other words, don't put your confidence in men. You and I exhale, but we don't know whether we are going to inhale the next breath. That is the frailty of man. If he misses one breath, he is out of the picture. Multitudes today are going about their daily business, 
but they will have fatal heart attacks and disappear from the earth's sin. Don't put your confidence in men. Put your confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ today. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs, so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for, and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.